Welcome back, everybody, to uh, the ever-improving Acid Cat Spirit Hour. Uh, as you see, we've done even more to the <laughs> set. you're listening. If you're an audio <laughs> listener, then you have no idea it looks better in here. As you hear, it looks better in here. <laughs> Sound quality is not better. <laughs> it's not. We have it's the not. same mic, yeah. but we do have a new set. It's true. Um, and this week, we are going to talk about something that you just brought up to me yesterday. Yes. Uh, we thought would be a very interesting thing, and as we've dove deeper into it, it has been an extremely <laughs> yeah, interesting yeah, thing. The, it was a, like a conversation that turned into a real interesting conversation. Yeah. You're like, hey, check this out. And now we're doing it for today's episode. <laughs> and that is the Alaskan Triangle. Yeah, man, the Alaskan Triangle. I think we've all heard of the Bermuda Triangle. We've all Maybe you've heard of the Devil's Triangle, which is in Asia. But have you ever heard of the Alaskan Triangle? I, I hadn't until recently. I hadn't until you texted me yesterday and was like, have you heard of this? So I... There's a, there's a, this is well trodden ground. There's, you know, apparently there's like History Channel has some stuff on this discovery, but I was relatively unfamiliar with the whole idea. I didn't know there was an, I didn't know there was another triangle. I didn't know yeah. there was another evil triangle in the world. So the Alaska Triangle, um, name, of course, we said stems from the infamous Bermuda Triangle and yep. the Devil's Triangle. But it is a triangle. It is. So it connects uh, Anchorage, Juneau, and Barrow. Yeah. Or Barrow. In, yeah, Barrow. Um, so it's this entire section within here, which even includes a little bit of Canada. But... There's a little bit of evil Canada in there. <laughs> um, but yes, it is extremely, it's researched and talked about uh, for one reason. Well, for 16,000 reasons. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that is a lot of missing people. 16,000 missing people. What, or what is it? This t statistic is four to five out of every thousand people yep. in Alaska have yeah. gone missing. Yeah, in the past 40 years, which is... It's terrifying. Yeah, it's crazy. The thing that really caught my attention about this is I'm from Montana. Like, I'm a Montana boy. I was raised in the woods. Uh, and my immediate thought is, yeah, like, people go missing there, and there are bear attacks, and, you know, there's nature stuff that happens, but not on that scale, certainly not on that level, and don't get me wrong, I mean, Alaska's a whole different world, it's yeah. much bigger, um, it's not, it's like 95% undeveloped, which isn't that different from Montana, mm -hmm. but it's bigger, and it's like, you know, their bears are bigger, their everything is bigger, their salmon is bigger, <laughs> their snow is bigger, so I, it's not that surprising to me, but that's a really big number. That is. Yeah, it's a really big number. 16,000 is so many people. It's, it's a population of a small town. It's roughly 16... A very small town, but... <laughs> uh, a town of roughly 16,000 people. Yeah, yeah, it's 16 <laughs> times a thousand people. <laughs> if you have... Anyway. That's like, picture yourself, now picture... 15,999 more of you? That's how many people. That's why we have billionaires, because it's impossible to, like, wrap that, wrap your imagination around that sort of scale. But, yeah, so if we, we'll get back to it. Um, yeah, so the Alaskan Triangle, uh, people going missing on a regular basis. And this, it's like every level of person. You know, you get everybody from hikers to planes to politicians, which we'll get into a little later. My uh, three favorite types of people, hikers, politicians, and airplanes. <laughs> Uh, but the thing that makes it very interesting is they disappear without like really any evidence. They legit disappear. Like yeah, they poof. vanish, disappear. Yeah, like yeah, they poof. <laughs> there's very little evidence. Uh, usually, bodies are rarely ever found. Yeah, we get, we'll use a quick first example. Uh, there's a hiker. Was his name Michael uh, Lameritri? Yes, sixty-five year old hiker jogger. He's doing this race that they do every year mm -hmm. in where it was in. 
process in Seward. So it's right yeah. here. So it's right, right here. It's technically right outside of the triangle, but, but still it's close enough. There. So there's uh, a man jogging up a, a mountain for a local race, Mount Marathon, really appropriate name for mountain. <laughs> you know, Mount Marathon, where the mountain marathon is held. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he just disappeared uh, while running that race with mm -hmm. people around. He ran up the mountain. He never ran back down. Ever. Yep. And, you know, it's Alaska, so, like, the thought there is that he might have fallen into, like, a glacier. Which, what the fuck are you doing a marathon on a glacier? Anyway, uh, yeah. so that's possible, I guess, you know, but it's it's wild that people are just, like, like legitimately just disappearing. You know, there's some examples where, like, people leave and then they're not seen again. But that guy disappeared from the middle of a public event. Yes. Just gone. That's like... You turned your back and he was just not there anymore. Yeah, which... Was, Happens to me roughly twice a year when I go to conventions <laughs> with my friends, uh, but I eventually find them later in the day. But typically I turn my back and my friends are gone. <laughs> but no, a man running a marathon. Yeah, just up and disappeared. And that one's fun. Uh, we'll get into the, the, what the likely causes could be for any of this stuff, because there's a lot of different causes. A lot of speculation. Uh, but this one's probably one of the more interesting ones. People think it was a giant bird. Yes. <laughs> yep. An airplane-sized bird swooped him out. Yeah. Uh, and there's supposedly an eyewitness report saying that that's what happened. Yeah, that a bird came down and picked this guy up and yep. flew away with him, which uh, is just nutty. A Cessna-sized <laughs> seagull, I, where I really wanted it to alliterate. But no, it's a raptor of sorts, some bird of prey. Yeah, so it would have to be like a hawk or an eagle or something. Bird of sleigh. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there are like there are definitely some weird ones, but lots and lots of people go missing from this location every single year. Yes, you know? every um, year. Yeah, so we you have smaller examples like the jogger who goes missing in the middle of a race. You have larger examples like uh, nineteen fifty. There was a plane that went missing. Yes, so uh, like a whole ass plane. Nineteen fifty, uh, the Douglas C fifty four Skymaster. Yeah. Uh, serial number forty two dash seven two four six nine. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Anybody out there looking for the tail still? Yeah. Uh, was going from Alaska to Montana with forty four people aboard. Uh, the aircraft made its last radio contact two hours uh, into its eight hour flight, and was never. Found or heard from again. No, it's a plane. That's a full size plane. Yes, it just went missing. Yep, it was two. Hours, like did I they said, never find? They never found it, right? No. So it was considered one of the largest groups of American military personnel to ever go missing. Um, and they, oh yeah, that's an important detail. This was a military. It was plane. a military plane. It was. Yeah. It was headed from one base in Alaska to another base in. Montana. Montana probably slash... Maelstrom. I'm from a, a town in Montana that has an enormous Air Force base uh, because there's a large cache of the nuclear-capable ICBMs uh, are underneath all the wheat and barley fields out there. Nice. So I wonder if that's where they were going. Uh, it says, let's see, it was headed from the Elmendorf Air Force Base in Anchorage, Alaska to the Great Falls Air Force yeah, Base in Falls. Montana. Yeah, I knew it. I knew yeah. it. They are going to Maelstrom. Yeah. Um... But it was chalked up to a disappearance. Uh, uh, didn't they searched for it though, right? Very much so. They. I mean, it's a military plane. They'd have yeah, to. After an hour or an hour after it failed to arrive in Montana, Operation Mike, um, <laughs> nope. named for the 
Aircraft Commander First Lieutenant Kyle L. McMichael okay. uh, was launched, a search and rescue program combining as, as many as 85 American and Canadian planes, in addition to 7,000 personnel Dude. searching 350,000 square miles of Pacific Northwest to find this plane. It was... They, they didn't find a single thing. Um... They flew jets over it, helicopters. Like I said, 85 different American-Canadian planes, and then 7,000 people on the ground. Is that the one they called off? Is that the search they called off? It is. So on February 20th... (laughs) Yeah, tell everybody why they called it off. Yeah. uh, February 14th, my bad. They... Valentine's Day. Suspended, yep. They suspended the search. So February 14th, 1950, called off the search... Uh, for a very important reason, <laughs> the search planes were needed to investigate the crash of a B-36 that was carrying a Mark IV nuclear bomb. <laughs> so they were like, hey, um, I know we missed these 44 people, and that's super important. But we also but we dropped also, a nuke. <laughs> we also accidentally misplaced a nuke, so we're going to have to... We're, at that point, they suspended the search. And they just never resumed it, right? Well... Six days later, February 20th, oh, okay. they officially canceled it and sent out to the next of kin that uh, all the passengers were presumed dead. But they found that bomb. They did. They did find the nuclear bomb. Uh, in 2012, the descendants of the missing year. servicemen yeah, uh, started a petition to the federal government through the We the People petition system. Okay. Seeking... Uh, to resurrect the search for their family's remains. Heard. And still nothing has been found of it. That's wild. That's why they've never found anything from that plane. Again, these things just disappear. They just... They out of thin air, man. It's wild. So there was a... There's this guy, Earl Ashworth. Shout out to the Charlie Project. If anybody who doesn't know, Charlie Project's really cool. Very it's cool. a database of missing people. Um, it's been incredibly useful for doing research during this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to support a really cool thing this holiday season, the Charlie Project is really, really cool. Um, yeah, so there's... Earl Ashworth, uh, he was apparently going to explore a gold mine with friends. Old man uh, goes to explore uh, this gold mine with friends. They go into the shaft. He stays outside with his dog, Cruiser. They come out. He's gone. He's just gone. He's just gone. Cruiser was there. His dog was there. He was gone. Never heard from again. Just disappeared. There's... uh, We have uh, Ray Victor Banhart. Ray Victor Banhart goes out, gets drunk one night, gets in a fight with the cabbie who's supposed to be taking him home, gets kicked out of the car, finds himself missing forever like everybody else. Uh, Just disappears. We have another Thomas Seibold. He was a uh, hiker who, he was also a survivalist who trained for like six years for the Talking Drum Outdoor School. Uh, He was an instructor there. And he planned a five-month trip through the wilderness. He rented a cabin from a lady who lived there with him. It was a lady and her son. Which they'd had for a long time, right? Yes. Her kid was like a teenager. Yeah, her kid was like 13, 14. Yeah. Um, but this cabin was 30 miles north of Ambler, Alaska. So I don't think Ambler is actually no, on it's this not map. On here. Yeah. But it's, it's, up it's there. deep yeah. in the triangle. Yeah. It's like the only thing up there. This was in 
uh, September 29th of 2012. Yep. He... Had prior existence camping in the extreme north. Yeah, this is Norway. a dude who knew what he was doing. He knew what he, he was been, doing. Yeah, he was like a an open camper, hiker, backcountry guy through and through. He, he, the lady and her son went on a canoe down the river. Yeah. They docked, they like hung out for a little bit, and he was like, I'm going to hike back to the cabin, and was never seen from again. Ever. Ever. Yeah. And they eventually, they looked for him for a long time, mm -hmm. and all they found was this circle that he had, they think, possibly, had drawn in the sand, because it was the only, it was, so it was in the Ambler River. He had made his way further north, and uh, it was a little bit north of the, the cabin that he was staying in, and they thought maybe that might have been, like, a sign that he had been nearby, but there were no human prints. There was nothing like that. People in the area don't ever talk about seeing... You know, a, a missing guy. Nobody talks about a, a different guy, a redheaded guy from Wisconsin being around. Yeah. You know, uh, you have Cora Anderson, who uh, in 1979, she just disappears. She's an older woman. She, she what was she, she was, yeah, she was 51 at the time. She'd be 92 now. She disappeared. Her car was found abandoned. Again, no evidence anything had happened. The, the previous guy, Thomas, same story. They went to the cabin that he was at. The woman and the kid were gone. There was no evidence basically around that he had either been there or that anything else had been there. Like, when these people are going missing, you have people going missing. You have Dervish Adili. This is a military guy. He's a Navy guy who went missing at 35 uh, he was supposed to go camping. Same story. Uh, took a, took a couple things with him. Totally just disappeared. The last time he was seen was buying food in a small Alaskan town in 1992. You know, is, or I guess, uh, 2000. It was 2000. They found him in 2000. So it's just like, it's, or didn't find him. Sorry. Yeah. Rather, he disappeared. He disappeared. Yeah. Another so person that disappeared in It took eight years for him to find his stuff. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, David Allen. David Jonathan Allen. Um, also went missing in 2005. He was driving home. Uh, following weekend, he was in another small town. And he just disappeared. He was driving home. <laughs> people, people saw him in the small town. People saw him driving home. Then three weeks later, they found his truck on the side of the highway. Nothing. Just gone. No sign of him. No sign of struggle. No, no sign of him at all at the truck. That's so weird. Like, none of his things. Yeah, Just of, his truck. That's so strange. And that seems to be the case with a lot of these. So, barring people just getting out. Like, so this one, Albert Scott uh, Aguiluk. He's a, a native, a local native. On his snow machine one night, goes out. They find a snow machine the next morning. They find a hole in the ice with one of his boots and a glove. And they never find him again. He's not in the water. He's not anywhere to be found. He's not in the immediate area. There's no sign that he's been taken anywhere. And this is under new fallen snow. Like, there's no evidence anywhere that any of these people have gone anywhere except into the thin air. Yes. Yeah. It's absolutely... It's wild to me. It's wild how quickly these people disappear. And it's wild to me uh, how thoroughly they disappear. Because when they're gone, they're, like, legitimately gone. Uh, more recent one, 2014, uh, Sharon Bees. Yeah. And she's like, a she was like the super healthy working out and just like, poof. Yeah. She was a pretty like semi-professional hiker as professional as a hiker you could be. Yeah, totally. Was in, in Alaska. Of, yeah. Yeah. You're was in a or lot of hiking groups 
and was supposed to meet her friend at 8.45 in the morning to go hiking, but never showed up. And this was at Mount Roberts. They found her car in the parking lot. Again, the car. Yeah. No Every one of, of these people, the vehicle. The only time they don't find the vehicle is when it's a plane. Yeah. And no sign of her, no sign of any of her hiking stuff. She went hiking the day before, was supposed to go hiking again the next day. Gone. That's Car's still at the parking lot, but she was entirely gone. Just poof. You know, and there's a lot. I mean, there's definitely a lot. Um, there are a ton of theories about what could be causing this. Because there are so many different things that could. I mean, the immediate thing that comes to mind is, like with all these hikers, the first thing I think is bears. Yeah, to, to do like the more natural... Or exposure... Or like, you know, to get the more natural, realistic ones out of the way before we go into the supernatural and paranormal. Yeah, we're not done giving examples, but these are like some of the more, I don't want to say <laughs> normal, but they're definitely, it's somebody going missing on a snow machine. It's a hiker going on a trip and not telling people where they're going. It's stuff where you could conceivably disappear, but it is also just like the efficiency at which they disappear. That's weird. But it could be... Bears, weather, weather, uh, falling off a trailhead. Oh yeah, and like the first one we talked about uh, with Michael the jogger. If we want to avoid for a moment the conversation that he was plucked out of the air by a twenty-foot wingspan <laughs> by vulture. a giant vulture. Yeah, uh, like if we want to ignore for a moment that the man was probably not picked up by a pterodactyl. Um, although if he was, that's probably where they'd be. I went to some caves in Vietnam that felt like a pterodactyl probably lived in there. But, you know, like, the realistic explanation of that one is pretty good. And that's that they were running out on the snow, and there's a chance that that snow gave way. Mm -hmm. And if it did, he could have fallen down a chute. And then the FLIR cameras, the infrared cameras that they put on those helicopters, wouldn't probably be able to find him because he'd be buried under so much snow. Uh, the area is prone to avalanches as well. Yeah, yeah, So get, fall, get covered with snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fall into a small cave. Fall into the gap. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, uh, there's, you know, those, what are, I can't even think of what they're called. Uh, we call them arroyos, but, you know, like slot canyons, um, the breaks in the glacier. Yeah. Some of those are thousands. Well, thousands is probably an exaggeration, but they're hundreds of feet deep, mm -hmm. at least a hundred feet deep. And if you fell down one of those, I mean, a lot of, a lot of times when that happens under normal hiking circumstances, sometimes the unfortunate truth is you're just stuck there. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but there's not a way we can get you out of there. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're on, you're in God's country now. And you know? like a lot of this area is just pure Alaskan wilderness. So yeah, like as we said, it was 95% undeveloped. There's... And <sighs> this is the 5%. Every black yeah. dot you see is the 5%. There's hundreds of active volcanoes. <laughs> yeah. There's miles upon... Like, thousands upon hundreds of thousands of miles of dense forests. Well, yeah, you say volcanoes. It's easy to forget, but Alaska's at the top of the Ring of Fire. You know, the that ring around the uh, around the Pacific Ocean mm -hmm. of volcanic activity. Alaska's at the top of that. It's a very volcanic area. There's tons of cave systems. Yes. And then just weather. Yeah. Tons of snow, tons of rain. Gets as low as 40, negative 40 degrees. I'm about to get as low as 40 degrees. <laughs> gets as cold as 40 <laughs> old degrees. That's some people that move. Well, see, you say that, but like, Maybe this is a stupid flex. It's 100% a stupid flex. But for Montana, 
it would be forty below most days. Yeah, yeah. I, that's not. It's the wind that gets you. Mm-hmm. It's that because humans usually have insulation. We usually have like coats or something. But out there, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it would be easier. I know we're talking about like the likely things, and it's easy to be like, oh, bear ate him. Oh, you know what? But. 16,000 people. They have twice the national average of missing people. Yes. I don't think that that, especially with a population as low as it is. Again, I grew up in Montana. I know what tourists at Glacier and stuff look like. Mm -hmm. And I know what a foolish tourist. I don't know them all, obviously, but I have an idea of what they're like. And I can know every every dumb tourist. There's Jerry. There's Terry. Terry's the guy trying to cook chicken at Yellowstone. (laughs) The people that don't understand that it takes like six days to boil a potato at altitude. They're like, it's just not cooking. (laughs) Yeah, you're essentially in a vacuum. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But yeah, you know, I think it's, that's a lot of people to go missing. And it's a small population. And there's like, what I was going to say is growing up in Montana, there's like maybe a bear attack every year. And something that's worth noticing or observing is that there's only been like 10 recorded bear attacks in Alaska in the past couple decades. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be. I know for a fact, here's a fun fact, I don't know if everybody knows this, but moose hurt more people in the woods every year than bears do because moose are super territorial and people aren't afraid of them. <laughs> and they're way bigger than I ever remember oh, moose so being. big, dude. I always remember, like, if I think of a moose, I always think of like, a, like deer. a deer. And then I see a picture of a moose and it's like, Two times the size of a Four sedan. Yeah, they're and I'm like, dude. Jesus Christ. To transition into the more supernatural. Yeah, let's get rid of that logic stuff. <laughs> natural things. <laughs> boo boo. Supernatural things. This is not the organic cat spirit hour. This is the acid cat spirit hour. So, we got all sorts of different, different explanations. I have some picture examples here. <laughs> you have like, some evidence for the court. Yes. Quite possibly, this man, <laughs> uh, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Bigfoot is a big foot. Well, uh, he's not very <laughs> far away, right? Because that's the Pacific Northwest. Well, there's so many Sasquatch. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll do an episode on Yetis and stuff. But there's because there is the Yeti. So yeah, people are saying that Alaska is a perfect location for Bigfoot. Also, on this <laughs> yeah, Sasquatch. No shit it is. <laughs> Uh, there have been numerous reports of Bigfoot sightings throughout the entire state. Okay. Some reports include evidence of nesting sites, a what? possible Bigfoot skeleton. They nest? And hair samples. Yeah, it was It was like a like a frat house yard couch. It just makes me think <laughs> of when you see those, like, the, like, the Redditors that live in a pile of cigarette butts and Coca-Cola cans. I feel like that's what a, that's what a Sasquatch's <laughs> office would look like. All I can think of is a meme that I saw that was a room like that covered in bottles and cigarette ashes and stuff, and it's like, I don't, man, I don't know, man, I'm worried about Biden's tax plan. <laughs> um, no, so... Yeah, it's saying nesting sites, big a possible Bigfoot skeleton. Isn't there obvious? And unidentified hair samples. <laughs> uh, some witnesses even reported seeing a swimming Sasquatch during their encounter. That's just Nessie. <laughs> that's just that's just the Loch Ness monster. Uh, but it, Bigfoot is Does a it big wear a thing. bathing suit? <laughs> Bigfoot is a big thing in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pacific Northwest. I mean, again, Montana. We definitely there were Sasquatch sightings, and there have even been been small villages that relocated and said because that of the Sam Squanch. They 
they had a terrifying encounter with Bigfoot. Guys, we got to move. Sam Squanch won't fuck off. Yeah, they're they're saying that it's very Sasquatch is very confrontational. <laughs> I mean, I would be if I was a nine foot tall, hairy human that is constantly being hunted. Are they? It's not like people are. It, it's not Fern Gully. Like, guys aren't driving through the forest cutting it down with saws <laughs> with the bloodthirst for Sasquatch. Nobody's hunting those things with... Du- Listen, I've seen the All Gas No Breaks episode. That dude just covers himself in mule pee and runs into the woods and goes, Oh! Oh! That's not someone hunting a Sasquatch. If that's what the people constantly... Hunt- <laughs> if that's what the people constantly hunting you look like, would you be afraid of them or would you constantly fuck with them? Like, what are you going to do? You can put some more pee on? You can put some more pee on? Are you saying if there were weird rednecks constantly hunting you, you wouldn't be confrontational? Not if I was nine fucking feet tall. I would especially do it if it was nine feet tall. If I was like, if I was nine feet tall and I came out and I was like, hey, fucking knock it off. I would do that. Yeah, and they'd be fair. like, yeah, we're going to knock it off. That shit's terrifying. Uh, so that is... Gotta do it with a boner, though. One of the theories, a big hairy boner. <laughs> What's up, man? And they're like, we're done. You guys looking to fuck around? <laughs> uh, Bigfoot is a big one that people are like, well, Bigfoot's stealing these people. He is blamed for everything. There is another more indigenous explanation. Well, explanation. Well, there's a myth. Yeah, there's a, a myth. myth. But that myth looks quite a bit like Sasquatch. Yes. Which is where I got a little lost, because it feels... So, the myth... Explain the myth. So, the myth is... We'll put it up on the screen um, for you guys. He's right here. He is Otter Man. Yeah. And for the more... The English translation. Yeah. It's it's got an indigenous name as well. uh, Kushtaka. Yeah. And it is... Don't say it three times, though. Yeah. It is believed to be a shape-shifting demon. Yeah. That lures people to their impending doom... By being hella cute, because that's all otters do. (laughs) By floating down the river on its back with stones in his hands. (laughs) Uh, No, way more creepy. Portraying children or women who are screaming and crying for help. And so people who are hiking or exploring will hear these cries for help. Go try to help it, and it'll grab you, bring you under the river. That's like drag me to hell. And essentially drown you. Okay, okay. Um... Maybe that's what happened to Albert, the guy in the snow machine. And that's what it says. It captures these lost people and then steals their souls. What's it um, It is, I don't know, feeds on them, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Puts them in a tiny rock and carries it <laughs> and clutches <laughs> on Really cutely down the stream. <laughs> it locks arms with their souls so it doesn't drift apart when it's asleep. <laughs> that thing's terrifying, though. It really is. It's so big. It looks... Ugh. It looks like when a cat gets wet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a little tangential, but I feel like it's a great opportunity to talk about one of my favorite comics um, with both of these things. And that is one of my favorite things, a Star Wars comic. (laughs) And it is an explanation to Bigfoot. Okay. Is it Chewbacca? Yes. (laughs) So this comic... Is called Into the Great Unknown. Okay. Shout out Into the Great Unknown. And it is a crossover between Star Wars and Bigfoot, but also Indiana Jones. So it's a comic that's got everything. <laughs> but the to give you a quick synopsis so we can get back on topic, uh, Han gets hit with a blaster and is like bleeding out and okay. goes into uh, hyperspeed. Comes out of it 
in the atmosphere of Earth crashes into the Redwood Forest in Oregon. Um, Chewie goes out looking for help. Han eventually dies. Chewie is essentially trapped in the Redwood Forest, <laughs> thus being Bigfoot. Is Chewie just wandering the big uh, the Redwood Forest? And Star Wars takes place a long, long time ago. Yeah, in a galaxy far, far away. So when they get to Earth, it's still a long time ago. To which brings to not so current day, the forties, <laughs> uh, where a adventurer known only by Indiana Jones stumbles <laughs> upon these ancient ruins, the ancient ruins being the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> and comes across Han's corpse. Um, and all these like things that allude because he's looking for Bigfoot. Sure. Um, I love the idea of Indiana Jones using his skills to look for Bigfoot. I know, but that's a little tangential, <laughs> and just because well, I think this picture looks a lot like it Chewbacca. looks so much like Chewbacca. Um, but well, yeah, one of my, everybody my check that out. theory yeah. is that these people are disappearing because Chewbacca is tearing apart their arms in well, Alaska. Yeah, what if the Anunnaki are just the rebels? You know, like the pyramids were built by the Empire. Yeah, <laughs> hey, all their ships are are triangular. Yeah, that would definitely make it. Are we crafting? We're a crafting our own conspiracy <laughs> that Star Wars is a documentary, <laughs> and it's how the pyramids were built. They're they are energy weapons. They're em Empire. They're imperial energy weapons. But the reason they don't work is because Earth doesn't have naturally forming kyber crystals to power them. Correct. So you should have built it on Ilum. That's the rest of this episode. <laughs> For everybody who doesn't like Star Wars, you can turn I'm the show. Sorry. <laughs> Although, how are you listening to this and you don't like Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Uh, to move on to another theory, <laughs> uh, to tie it in with Star Wars as well, UFOs, yeah. aliens, UFOs. Okay, so we'll tell the UFO story. Yes. There are there are two anecdotal stories that we haven't told yet of things that have happened. I mean, there's 16,000 cases of missing people. We're not going over all of them. We can't. There's not <laughs> enough time for <laughs> we, that. We simply don't have enough time. This is the Acid Cat Spirit Hour. <laughs> we don't want to take up that much time of your day. <laughs> Welcome back to the Acid Cat Spirit Three Days. We'll do it for um, a marathon. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a telethon. 24 hour stream. Yep, we'll go through every single case. Somebody's going to hold me to that. <sighs> uh, <laughs> and it's not going to be me. I hope you forget about it. So, there was a flight, Iceland, right? It was coming from Iceland? Is that where yes. it was coming from? Uh, it was 19, going over the North Pole. 1986, it went from Iceland to Anchorage. Well, supposed to go to Anchorage. <laughs> um, and actually, this one, they didn't disappear. Well, yeah, this one didn't disappear, but they did see aliens. <laughs> yes. So, it's flying from Iceland to Anchorage. Three unidentified flying objects, UFOs in layman terms. Yes, for the, for the layman out there. <laughs> Followed, lay people. Lay people. Lay people. Uh, followed this plane for 400 miles. So tailed this plane for 400 but miles. In, like in dog ears, like in plane ears, that's only like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they go about 200 miles per hour. Uh, but one of the objects was said to be twice the size of an aircraft carrier. So a wouldn't boat that, that holds planes. Yeah, wouldn't that just block out anything you could see behind you? I'm sure. Well, I also don't think planes have rearview mirrors. Was it the Avengers helicarrier? Yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a quadcopter from uh, Nick Fury was standing atop. And the other two were smaller in size. Okay, but still, this massive thing and smaller that's, yeah, than that's, an aircraft carrier it be a blue whale. is still bigger than a plane <laughs> yeah. following this thing and the crew and the other two were merely the size of the empire state building they were <laughs> yeah you know well we got to use uh you 
USA documentary um, measurements. Yeah, that's why I said every, blue, blue whale earlier. Every, documented, every documentary, they're like, it was so-and-so size. Roughly this, if the, if it's weight, it's pickup trucks. Uh, yep, yes. Uh, if it's size, it's either football fields. It's always football school fields. School buses. Yeah, if it's length, it's football fields. Well, yeah, if it's length, it's football fields or school buses. If it's overall dimension, it's whales. <laughs> and if it's time, it's... Mass, mass is whales. <laughs> and then if you ask my grandma if it's time, it's Spongebob episodes, because that's how she explained things to me when I was little. When She's I was like, like, the drive is three hours, that's just six Spongebob episodes. And I'm like, oh, well, that's nothing. <laughs> when I was in high school, I definitely participated in the life meme of budgeting everything out to dollar menu items. Like, I could do that, or... Or, but I also did it with beers, you know? Yeah. Beers were a dollar then, too, uh, when I was a teen. <laughs> <laughs> beers were a dollar when I was in high school. So, <laughs> so the crew reported seeing flashing lights follow their, uh, following their plane. Yeah, and a UFO the size of an aircraft carrier. Of course they saw flashing lights. <laughs> and it's not just the crew. The air traffic controllers also what? witnessed something unidentifiable on their radar that was reportedly as close to five miles away from the plane. That's close. That's super close. When you're talking about 200 miles per hour, that's less than a car length yeah. that you're like supposed to follow when you're driving. And they Not did report that it was here knows that. <laughs> every everything uh, that I recall in the report, they mentioned that it was moving erratically, like is usually described in UFOs, right? Yes. Like it was stopping its airspeed would stop and then it would or it would slow dramatically and speed it up would, dramatically. Yes, it would stop. It would go fast. It said the two smaller ones would sometimes at one point go in front of the plane pretty close and stay in front of the plane and keep speed. Wild. Um, it said the two <laughs> small ships, this is the and pilot. And I thought getting pulled over made me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> this is the pilot who was talking about it, said two small ships in the mothership disappeared and reappeared quickly, moving fast and stopping suddenly, which is impossible for a normal airliner to do. Yes, correct. <laughs> in order to escape the UFOs, the pilot received permission from the ground crew to fly at lower altitude and made several turns to elude the objects. Dude, that's so rad. <laughs> but nothing he did could escape them. He dropped altitude and just... Yeah, but he was in Wars, like a 747. <laughs> to bring it back to Star Wars, like... Y-Wing whipped it around <laughs> to try to get these TIE fighters off of him. Yeah, Welcome but, back to the Star Wars podcast. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, again, 747. This guy wasn't doing barrel rolls. You know, like, that's how true. evasive... Now, any pilot is welcome. Yannick, if you're listening to this, please tell me I'm wrong. But any of my pilot friends, please tell me that I'm wrong. I just don't... That doesn't seem feasible. And it said after about 32 minutes... So 32 minutes of this flight yeah, had of these things. Yeah, infeasible weeble wobbling because yeah. he's not going to outrun anything. He said the UFOs disappeared, although the pilot claimed that he thought the entire encounter lasted much longer than that. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> he was like, God, oh, that felt like my whole life. So this is... that's chased by aliens, man. One case. So the alien... I want to touch on this a little bit because mm -hmm. we're talking about what causes or what could be possible causes. Yes. When we talk about uh, the lights... Now, Aurora Borealis is a relatively common thing in Alaska. Mm -hmm. I saw it a lot growing up. But there was there's the harp. If anybody knows what the harp is. Yes. So the yeah. harp is a, it's a high, what is it? High altitude Aurora. It's basically they 
set up an electrical station that copied a Russian station, the United States government did in Alaska, that uh, through electromagnetic, right? Yeah, yeah. high frequency active auroral research program. Yeah, and, oh, there part. we go. That's what it is. Yep. So it, the point of it was to try to synthesize the aurora borealis which they successfully did yes well the original plan was to um study the properties and the behavior of the ionosphere yeah, yeah which yeah. is where the aurora borealis takes place yeah and then after a while once they researched it enough they're like oh we know what causes it we'll synthesize our own okay yeah. which is terrifying <laughs> It's terrifying, but what it makes me think is uh, everybody's going to think that aliens are here all of the time. Yeah. But I've also been to Marfa, and I've seen the Marfa lights, you know? And I know that that's a naturally occurring phenomenon, but boy, when you're standing right there looking at them, it, sh it doesn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so convincing to see in person, and I think there's something about that that, like, like this. And as we mentioned, this is a, as good a time to talk about it as any, but sustained exposure to low resonance frequencies does actually damage your brain. It mm -hmm. causes you higher levels of stress and anxiety. That's been proven. It's why people don't live under power lines anymore. That's that joke. Like, did you grow up under power lines? Yeah. Because it has an effect on the development of your of your mind. Um, and Turn your microwave for 30 seconds and yeah. put your head against it, you get a headache really fast. Dude, you know what's worse is if you put like a metal can inside the microwave and you put your face right next to it, it hurts like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you want to charge your phone really fast, plug it in, throw it in the microwave, That's set it for 20 minutes. That's true. It is the fastest way to charge your phone. <laughs> Everybody who's listening, if you ever need to charge your phone really quickly, easy hack, throw it in a microwave, put it on popcorn for 30 <laughs> seconds, you'll be set. So, <laughs> to the three people that believe that, don't do that. Do it. Do don't it. do it. Having a facility like that where it is, is naturally, it's right next to the Arctic Circle. Like, that is going to get people's attention it, in a way that... Whether you're up to no good or not, boy, does it look like you're up to no good. You it know what I mean? It looks like, terrifying. I'll pull up an image yeah, if you put, put behind put, us. Put it up on the screen. It's a, it is a weird-looking facility. It does cause anxiety in people who... <laughs> Could you make it smaller? <laughs> yeah, here we go. Uh, actually, no, yeah, I can't. If you can see that. <laughs> if you can uh, see this picture, hold on. So this is like... I can put it in the background, too, yeah. for the non-audio listeners. But yeah, so this these are all antennas. This is 180 antennas. That's the, the facility there. Now, supposedly DARPA said they stopped doing stuff there in like 2014. Um, but what it is, what a, with the, large, the largest conspiracy for what it is, because it's a giant electromagnet, is that it's a weather machine. People think that it controls the weather. Hugo Chavez says that it, uh, it and machines like it, because there's a number of these around the globe, uh, caused the, was it the Haiti earthquake, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also, my, my favorite thing is like, the U.S. government is controlling the weather. It's like, well, they're doing a shitty job. Yeah, why does it still <laughs> rain so much? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Harp is up there, and Harp is in the... It's right in the middle of all of this. So a lot of people turn to this in sort of a, like, oh, st stranger things. Like, a lot of people immediately think this gets treated a lot like it's the... What is the... What's Professor X's... Oh, uh... What's it called? Yeah. The dome thing he sits in. Yeah. People think it's the same kind of idea. That yeah. maybe it's a antenna for telepathic. Uh, in the early, Before we had cell phones when everybody knew how you could tap a phone and track a phone at all times, people were very concerned that that's what this was doing. That it could receive any uh, call or it could interrupt any sort of communication around the globe. Yeah. Um, Which it, it can't, to be clear. No. It reminds me a lot of... 
there is a painter that's famous for art. His art book that he put out got turned into a show okay. on Amazon called uh, Into the Loop, I believe it's what it's called. Let me double check that. Tales from the Loop. That's what oh, it yeah, is. Oh, yeah, Tales from the Loop. Uh, he... Let me find the author's name because I want to... Simon Stallenhog? If you want to, you can retake the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. It reminds me a whole lot of... There's a show on Amazon called Tales from the Loop. Okay, yeah. Which is a Swedish artist, Simon Stallenhog. He made this entire art booklet that got picked up and turned into a show. Shows about this secret facility in, I want to say, Ohio that does all sorts of experiments and it crosses different dimensions and time and stuff like that so that's the feeling i get from absolutely this. yeah yeah that's what it feels i mean that's what it feels like right like it feels like they're creating like a time warp or like a portal device or so, something it's aperture sciences is yeah. what that actually is. I, I actually pulled up a bunch of different theories like theories about the harp facility about specifically yeah one says that it can trigger earthquakes and turn the upper atmosphere into a giant lens. So the sky would literally appear to burn. <laughs> um, another said that testing would trigger a cascade of electrons that could flip Earth's magnetic poles. Well, so that's a big concern, right? Because the because of the poles, we could briefly, I'll interject to that, uh, <laughs> vile vortexes, mm -hmm. uh, vortices. Uh, vile, if, for those at home who don't know, feel free to Google it, but it's... Not worth that much of your time, but there's this idea that there's a number, I think it's eight different locations around the planet along the tropics of Capricorn and Cancer that um, are magnets for negative stuff. And one of them is the Devil's Triangle in mm -hmm. Asia. Another one of them is the Bermuda Triangle. The Alaska Triangle is not on that list. Not. Yeah, it comes up a lot, but that's that idea, this like evil energy sort of thing. Uh, this next one is pretty fun because it comes from person with a long list of different hats that he wears <laughs> documentary maker that's how you know he's an expert documentary maker <laughs> conspiracy theorist professional wrestler governor of minnesota oh, jesse, jesse. Ventura. <laughs> my boy jesse uh he said that how dare you say that about uncle jess he says that um the site is to manipulate weather which we already said it's not. If they no, and if they are, and I've doing seen a, a cloud job. maker. I've seen a cloud making machine before, like a cloud seeding machine. They're really fascinating, but that's not what they look like. Speaking of manufacturing weather, I just got my mind blown the other day. Uh, fake snow, yeah, and a lot of movies is just soap bubbles. Yeah, it's it's soap bubbles when you have one of those, you know, those machines. Uh, I used to run a bar in L.A. You have to have a snow machine if you want to have snow. It's L.A., so you have to have snow. I'm not talking about the falling snow. I knew that was soap bubbles. I mean the piles of snow, like, on the ground. Oh, is it, like, shavings of soap? No, it's even crazier. It's essentially this big fan with a big reservoir of this soap that's pretty stable in a mesh screen and they just blow it onto the ground. Oh, that's cool. So it's like soap bubbles on top of your sink water, but just sitting on the ground. Oh, fascinating. They, I, that my mind, look it up. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is really uh, cool. <laughs> but he said manipulate weather or also bombard people with mind-controlling radio waves. Well, that's... And what I'll say in defense of that, which is... This is a weird <laughs> position to take, but that's where the show puts me. Uh, it does cause anxiety and stuff. And it can, if you are if you spend a lot of time around one of these sites, you could actually start to go to be very... <laughs> you To be a little inappropriate, you'd start to go cuckoo. Yeah. You definitely could have a mental breakdown problem. Now, do I think it's 
assaulting you with subliminal messaging. No, we talked about that last week with Jim Channon. We know all about that. Yes. That's not what's happening here, but it's an interesting idea. And two Georgia men. Uh, my, Georgia men. Georgia men. My brain just shut off there <laughs> yeah, for a second. We're arrested in November 2016 because they were firm believers in different conspiracy theories about HARP. Okay. And the Coffee County Sheriff's Office said the men possessed a massive arsenal that included AR-15s, Glocks, a Remington rifle, and thousands of rounds of ammunition. And according to the police, the men wanted to destroy HARP because they believed that the facility... Or the (laughs) facility... The facility... I was combining words there. Manipulates the weather, controls minds, and even traps the souls of people. And the police report says the men confessed that God told them to go and blow this machine up that kept souls so the souls could be released. Well, you know, I wish they'd get around to it. Those poor. <laughs> does that mean it's really haunted? Is it yeah. just like super duper haunted? It's uh, that blue basin in the Scooby Doo movie <laughs> where it's got all the souls and you got to pluck them and throw them back into the bodies. The harp is actually where they make the purple goo from Ghostbusters 2. It's where they make purple ketchup from 2004. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so harp is a. Harp definitely, I think it has a. Uh, negative reaction, or allow me to... Harp has an unfortunate reputation, but while it seems like they might be up to some interesting things, I don't think it's really controlling the weather. And even if it is controlling the weather, I don't think it's a contributor to these missing people. I don't either. Yeah, I could see see that facility being what caused this UFO sighting. Because if they were able to synthesize the Aurora, who knows, you know, in that process... I've seen the Aurora in person before, and it very much looks like an illusion in front of you. And mm-hmm. I think it would be hard to parse, maybe, if that's not what you were anticipating to be seeing. Especially if it wasn't in the very standard way, which is, you know, the dancing green and blue lines. Yeah. If that's not how you're seeing it, there's a really good chance that you would think that that was... there. I've seen Aurora Borealis, and while I was seeing it, I knew it was real and of nature, and it still looks like an alien thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not quite as beautiful as Aurora Borealis, but I once was at a Metallica show, and they had drones that had lights on them that formed different shapes and stuff. Sick. Uh, and that was pretty weird to see as well. <laughs> so it could also be that. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was just a bunch of drones. Yeah. Okay, so what else you got? Um, our last talking point, I believe, yeah. is the vanishing plane of 1972. Yes, it is. So this is a big one. This is something that's been caught, like covered on its own because it was the disappearance of two acting political offici- officials. Mm-hmm. So there was the House uh, Majority Leader, Hale Boggs, yes. from, of Louisiana. And Representative uh, Nick Begich, I believe is how you pronounce it. Begich. Yeah. Yeah. So weird, weird last name. Yeah. And... There was also on board was a an aide to these yeah. politicians, yep. uh, Russell Brown, yep. and the pilot Don Johns. Which is such a good pilot name. It is. Yeah. Well, this is your pilot speaking, uh, Don Johns. <laughs> We're going to have a very simple plane. There's only five of us on this plane and nothing bad is going to happen. I'm down four buttons <laughs> and I'm ready to party. <laughs> and they just uh, disappear. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, the plane was a Cessna 310, which is not a, a big pretty, boy. Yeah, it's, it's a, a pretty plane. small. 
it's... compared to the plane from 1950, which had you know f- almost 50 people on it, and was a those that's a DC four. That's a big plane. That's a big plane with a lot of people on it. This is a smaller plane with significantly more high profile people on it. It is a smaller plane, and it was going a much shorter distance. It was only going from Anchorage to Juno. Yeah, which is a put. I mean, that's a puddle jump. Yeah. Yeah, they're just flying over the bay. Wasn't far at all, and this plane disappeared without a trace. What? It, I wonder, is that even a two-hour flight? It just disappeared, just out of the air. I'm going to look up how long that flight is. Yeah, just disappeared right out of the air. So this one's... This case of disappearance is, as we mentioned, definitely the the, the most popular, and that's because Hale Boggs was on the plane. Um, there has since been... Little to no evidence as to what happened to that plane, where it went. People have extensively looked into it. There are definitely theories about, you know, if there was uh, foul play or something like that. But there's no evidence of a plane. They've never found any of the people, any of their belongings. They've never found the plane. They've never found anything from the plane. Not a nut, not a bolt, not a drop of oil. Nothing from the people, not a nut, not a bolt, not a drop of oil. (laughs) You know, like it just disappeared, just plumb out of the air. Yeah, uh, and like you said, there are many different theories. Also, that flight is an hour and 39 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. So, in an hour, and you think five for taking off, maybe ten. So, it's an hour and a half, maybe. They disappeared in 90 minutes. They just disappeared from the planet. That's my second favorite uh, Nicolas Cage movie, Disappeared in 90 <laughs> Minutes. It's the lesser-known sequel to <laughs> Gone in 60, 60 Seconds. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, Hale Boggs just vanished into thin air and it was one of the nation's largest ever search and rescue missions well yeah the house majority leader just disappeared for more than a month 50 civilian planes 40 military crafts and multitudes of people covered 32,000 square miles and didn't find a trace of anything and that plane had a black box on it did yeah didn't it was a relatively that. new thing uh, i was yeah, shortly after black boxes were implemented into planes. Yeah. And it was a state-mandated thing because of how many planes, planes went, went missing yeah, went miss- in Alaska. Like bush pilots and stuff, yeah. Yeah, well, so there's definitely... This one's rife with conspiracy in terms of, like, what happened to the plane. For obvious reasons, you know, and proportional bias is going to tell us that any sort of government story is going to be rife with a few more conspiracy theories than one of a civilian. Yeah. Uh, my favorite of which being I lived... This probably doxes me a little bit, but I... A long time ago, do not currently. Used to live in Tucson, Arizona. I know. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your condolences. <laughs> uh, so this story has an attachment to Tucson. Does. So, uh, the, what was the other politician's name? I can't remember his last name for the uh, for some reason. Nick Begeich. Begeich. Yeah. Okay. We're just going to go with that. Begeich. So Peggy, his wife, after he disappears in this plane, uh, allegedly, allegedly, uh, married a former mafioso in Tucson, and there is which I can definitely vouch for a lot of former mafiosos retiring in Tucson. It's mm-hmm. a, Arizona, absolutely in Tucson for sure. But uh, and the prevailing theory there is that he met her while he was bartending in Alaska, working for the mob who were getting in on oil money up there, and in the process was hired to blow that plane up. Uh, which is nuts. <laughs> so the the like I guess the most 
I, the most prevailing theory we could find was that a mafioso may have blown this plane up, which I absolutely love. <laughs> yeah. Um, even weirder, the on November 24th, 1972, the search was suspended after 40 days. Like Four we days, said, 40 nights, we've done enough. Uh, neither the wreckage of the plane nor any of the pilot or the passenger's remains were ever found. And after only a seven-minute deliberation, his death certificate was signed. Seven minutes? What a bummer. So 40 days and seven minutes. They're like, yeah, I guess he's gone. We cannot find this guy. They drop another nuke. Did the planes have to go elsewhere? <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> hey, guys, we lost a more important thing again. We got to go. What's even crazier... They were both re-elected that November, uh, posthumously. <laughs> that's so like uh, that's so optimistic. No, yeah. guys, they're coming back. It's like when your dog runs away and you like it's been too long and you know, but you you're keep like, no, it's coming you keep, back. Yeah, you freshen the water anyway, you know, just in it's, case. It's sad. It's so that was strange. a real bummer. I'm sorry for saying yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, disappeared without a trace. Yep. It had an emergency location transmitter. Yep. Um, gone. Never found. The pilot's briefcase. So did they say that if it went underwater, there's a chance that it wouldn't have been able to work down there? I feel like there's a chance at that point if it went far enough down. Well, it said that the plane should have one and the pilot should have a portable emergency one. Oh, okay. That was in the pilot's briefcase okay and a report notes that a witness saw a object in the pilot's briefcase that resembled a portable emergency transmitter so they're like the pilot has one the plane has one neither have been found and uh the safety board was like well i guess they didn't have them after all like even <laughs> the safety board gave up they're like psych well they're supposed to have one but and apparently they did, but we can't find it, so I guess they didn't. But I mean, you've got to wonder. That's it's. I think it's probably easy now to be like they just gave up, but like they probably didn't. You know? Yeah. They were probably. I mean, I think about mistakes that other people make at work when people get a little bit hurt, and it's just easy to justify. And I wonder if they weren't like, well, they should have had one, yeah. and with and then just kind of left it at that. They should, and it's like, but they didn't. It's like, not well, they should have. <laughs> They really, really should have. Uh, my favorite idea is that um, Harp is actually Black Mesa, and they've opened a wormhole, and that's what things keep flying through. Yeah. Well, because that's the like the the vile vortice, vortices. The idea there is that maybe they're portals. Um, yeah. That they might be portals to other dimensions, which is interesting. There's also the idea that you know the um, the magnosphere, uh, the the alleged web of uh, the magnosphere, the the magnetic charge of the planet, that that has something to do with it, that possibly above the Bermuda Triangle, it's been said that it's a little thinner, and that's why uh, electroactivity there is so wild. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's not like when you drive outside of Juneau into this area, all of your equipment starts going bonkers. It's that two days into being on a trip with your best friend, he's just not there when you turn. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. It's significantly... That's why when we started talking about this, it was, like, kind of interesting. But the more we got into it, the more clear it was that, like, people are just poofing. They're just disappearing, with, like, legit without a trace. No yeah. questions asked, just gone. Families have no idea. All their stuff's still around. And this plane, while definitely the high... This is the thing that... This incident is what got people 
to refer to it as the Alaskan Triangle, and it mm-hmm. became uh, more known as a place where this stuff happens. But it's been happening for a long, long time. And it's not like, you know, there's cases where people are found dead. There was a guy that was found in a circle of rocks. There are people who wash up on shore all shredded to bits. You know, like, there are just so many different ways that people seemingly disappear and die in Alaska, and specifically in this part of Alaska, that there's just a little bit of me that wonders if something really wild isn't happening. And I think we should go up there and see. It would be fun. But, yeah, just... They say one in 250 people disappear. 200, give or take, right? Yeah. it's four or five. I say we get 250 people, and then we go into the woods in the Alaska Triangle, and we see which one of us doesn't come out. <laughs> uh, but we all have, like, that, that preschool rope with hoops on it that we hold <laughs> We'll all be to. tied together, and we'll be pulling it in at the end of the night, and one of them will just be empty. Oh, Terry's gone. <laughs> Terry's gone. So are we. Terry disappeared. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a nice talk. I, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to it. Uh, we set up a Patreon account. So if you guys want to support us there, we, we're over there. Our, uh, we know for a fact that this podcast and the other content we're going to make is going to get demonetized pretty heavily. So if you do want to support us, we will have that. Yeah. Otherwise, check us out. We're now available pretty much everywhere you could find a podcast mm-hmm. in audio format. We're still here in video on YouTube. And if you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, hit that little bell you know leave us a comment so that it can boost us through the algorithm and uh last but not least it's been sitting here all episode oh probably, yeah oh yeah i forgot <laughs> probably been wondering our first giveaway what it has to do with today's topic it doesn't uh while we were looking for stuff for the set we found this still sealed copy of, of rush, rush hour, hour on vhs so follow us on instagram it's uh acid cat news net yep uh, all one word all lowercase and we will be doing our first ever giveaway for this luxurious, never-before-touched-by-human-hands prize. Name a better prize. All the way from 1998. Still sealed. Still sealed. Absolute classic. Jackie Chan. Chris Tucker. It's beautiful. Uh, find us on Instagram. Follow us. We're giving it away. Otherwise, thank you so much. And uh, have a great whatever. Yeah. And see you next week, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely.